Oh dear. I'm already moving too much. Hello. Why are you so nervous that just because you're moving, that's bad? I don't know. I don't want to hear people to hear. It's so unprofessional. It's authenticity. It's no. It's just unprofessional. It reminds me of when I was working um, for Starbucks and I was a manager and I spilled coffee all over my paperwork. Mm-hmm. And I, like literally the paper <laughs> was coming apart. And the guy training me said, oh, don't worry. You know, we're coffee. We love that. It lets us know that you're actually working in your work area doing stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so annoying. Authenticity is dirty. <laughs> Apparently I don't like it. I don't like it. Remind, do we ever watch Nim's Island together? No. That's part. I actually wanted to use that for an illustration the other week, but I couldn't find it. Where <laughs> there's a girl living on an island with her dad, and he gets lost, and she writes to her favorite author, who's this adventure traveler, but it's really a woman who's a recluse. She has agoraphobia, so she won't go outside. And she pictures her lead character trying to get her out the door, and she's going to try to go save this girl on this island. And he's standing outside while it's raining and stormy. And she looks out, and he looks back and says, It's the real world. And she goes, I know, but it's so dirty. (laughs) She can't take the chaos and the disorganization. I couldn't even pay attention to you that whole time because you're messing with your jeans. My back pocket. How do you even see it? I'm, I can hear it. That's what I'm <laughs> saying about the... So we need help, oh people, obviously. We need a microphone and we need a tripod. Those a things studio. will come to us, but <laughs> we need to recover from Christmas with a family of six. We need sound dampening equipment. No, we just need to not be using the microphone of our phone and (laughs) no way to hold the phone still properly anyways i'm tabitha and i'm scott and here we are finding god in neverland Today, we want to talk to you what that means, about what that means. I don't even really know what that means because it's mostly Scott's thing, but I'm sure I will find myself all over it once we divulge. Well, it came out of us living six miles away from Disney. Yes. And I needed an outlet. So do you need to give a backstory on Scott's wires in Disney World? I don't think so. Um, but you we know. had moved to Fort Mill. No, you're like your whole life. Well, Not your whole life, but I mean briefly. Explain that Disney has been part of my family since before I was born. Yes. Disney has been a part of my family since before I was born. Um, my parents went not that long after it opened, I guess. 1971. I think they went the first time in 1978. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to ask them. Somewhere around there. And I know that um, they went, well, before I was born, like in my mom's womb. And I can remember um, pretty much just having the Magic Kingdom and a newly finished Epcot. 
That's how far back my memory goes, even though I went before that. And eventually, we came to a point in our lives where we were married. We had Selah. So he... No, you didn't tell the people that you went to Disney World. A lot. Like every year, <laughs> multiple times a year. And you did not live down south. You lived up north. No. We mostly lived around Pennsylvania. That's the north. That's not the south. I was just being more specific. Oh, but I'm saying you didn't live in like Georgia or the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. The fact that he thinks it's so normal that he went to Disney World every year just gives you a taste of what he grew up with. And now our daughter just said to me yesterday, because we just recently told her, Again, we've already told her I didn't go to Disney World until we got married, till Scott and I got married, but she can't wrap her brain around it. And she asked me again yesterday, did you really not go to Disney World as a child? And I'm like, Sayla, that's, it's not normal to go to Disney World. Like, everybody doesn't get to go. It's a once in a lifetime <laughs> thing for some people. It blows my mind. <laughs> it's, it's so serious. Like... People go their entire lives without ever going to Disney World. And because I don't understand what that's like, because that's, I think I should say, it's not like we had lots of money so we could just go to Disney whenever we wanted to. We had finite money, and my parents just decided to invest in us going to Disney as our vacation. Mm-hmm. And they found out, which is pretty much true today, if you're going to go for five or six days, it's the same as an annual pass. So if you have the finances to buy that ticket anyway, or those six days, you can invest in an annual pass. And then no matter when you go down, the ticket price has already been covered. And they found out that if they went to Fort Wilderness with the trailer, that it cost like... I think something absurd, like, at first it was $17 a night at Fort Wilderness in order to go. So, again, not the price of even what a hotel would be. Mm-hmm. And then we had a kitchen, so you could make your own meals, which you were going to have to buy and make anyway. So that wasn't really an additional cost. So it ended up being a pretty affordable vacation if that was all that you were going to do. Mm-hmm. I had friends that they went on one big vacation every year and they just went to a different place every year. I didn't do that. So I had friends going, I went to the Grand Canyon this year and uh, uh, we went up to Niagara Falls for a week and like they went. Scott's like, I went to Disney. I went to Disney. Again. It was kind of like, oh, uh, again. But this, we loved it. So Scott grew up Disney. I grew up Disney. And it wired. <laughs> that made so much <laughs> different unique i don't know my sentence is not making sense right now it has wired my brain differently yeah it has but i didn't know because i grew up a fa- a fa- in a family of disney people yeah so and i did not you didn't and i did not know that that made me different somehow Mm-hmm. so it, different and i think the thing that you noticed <laughs> was that it's how that mingled with my faith yeah has makes me see things different yeah that blew my mind i mean it still does and i remember like i wish i could remember the first movie we saw together i mean probably 
I remember the, oh, the first one we were married. Yeah. That's a terrible movie to watch. Well, I don't, I'm trying after to think. you just got married. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the first, like, Disney movie I watched when I was, like, dating you or something. Where I mind. first realized, like, Disney is so deep. It's not even funny. Anyways, I can't but remember. But it even but... came out at other things, like... Um, quotes. Quotes, but even how I saw other films, like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. Like, not a Disney film. Right. But how I view that film, like, blew my mind. Yeah. That movie still blows my mind. If you have not watched that movie, you gotta go see Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> I still haven't even really watched it. I mean, I've watched bits and pieces of it because of the kids, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. It's it's so powerful. I don't really sit down and watch very many things, though. So, I think the thing that, through Tabitha, I started to see and kind of get that my brain was wired differently because of all the Disney. Mm-hmm. All this stuff. Um, Walt Disney saying, you know, the greatest natural resource we had was the minds of our children. Mm. But in that, he's talking about the ability to create an imagination. But Disney also mixes it with hard work. Like we've talked about before, and I talk about at our church all the time, how you can create the most beautiful thing in the world, but it takes people to make it work. Like, it's always about the people. Mm-hmm. So people are the greatest resource. People make it work. And, uh, oh, even in the sense of one of my favorite things about uh, an attraction created by Walt Disney was always this concept of the family mm-hmm. and the family through time. And the best places to see that are Carousel of Progress because you get to see how a family evolves over a century. But then you had Horizons, which is, to this day, was my favorite ride. Horizons so good. But even that was, what does the family dynamic look like in the future? Mm. So it wasn't just about looking at the future and looking at technology, but it was always in context of family and community. So even just those thoughts, maybe you start to see kind of wired my brain different yeah and then and then um i was always drawn to how powerful the imagination is how powerful Mm -hmm. creativity is it did really well in my philosophy classes in college (laughs) (laughs) that stuff was right up my alley and i really blended that concept with hebrews 11 where it talks about faith Mm -hmm. ephesians 3 20 and so many other verses that talk about interacting with God. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how to get into all that. I don't either. And I like, and what it, I think what hit home for me was dreams come true. Like, I've always been a really big dreamer since I was a little girl. Like, had dreams of I mean most of my dreams as a child were like being on Broadway I wanted to be Shirley Temple I wanted to be in movies I wanted to be a triple threat singer dancer actress and like Disney dreamed something bigger than bigger than 
his dreams. <laughs> All your dreams <laughs> than... can come true if you have the courage to pursue them. Right. And Walt so <laughs> just his story of pursuing this thing that still bears fruit yeah. all this time later and it's not even close to like yeah. ending or dying and it has so many facets now and so much has sprung out of it that yeah. has given life and joy and delight to so many people yeah i think that that like dreams come true dreaming big having the courage to dream and follow your dreams like that it seems so cheesy and so like i don't know I always so thought it was unrealistic brilliant. but <laughs> it is i just thought it was good thinking because walt has even said um the awesome thing about building the parks is that they'll continuously grow like even the trees that they plant wouldn't stay the same. They would just keep growing. Mm. And he saw that in terms of everything he built. He tried to not just build something great now, yeah. but create opportunity for it to grow well past him. Yeah. That like who thinks like that? Right. Who thinks I'm really gonna focus on building something that will be greater after I'm gone? Yeah. So good. Yeah. Right. So we got married, and it was time for my first Disney trip. Yeah, but I still remember you saying, and I could not <laughs> even handle this, when you said, I just want you to understand, we may never go to Disney. Yeah, and I was like, I might not like Disney oh, that was the, the way your family stab. likes Disney, and you, I'm just <laughs> going to need you to be prepared for that reality. Like, it might not happen. This was literally... Nah. This was like a legitimate fear of mine. I was like, what? What if I don't like Disney? Like, what if I hate it? What if I don't enjoy it? What if I don't see the magic and like the joy of it all? What if I get there and I'm just like, seriously? Like, why do you people love this so much? Like, I was really scared. So we got, we got there. And it was terrifying. <laughs> I, I still but remember was, thinking I might magical. lose this fight, though, when you were crying by yeah. the castle. Okay, but wait, wait. <laughs> so, but we got there. And I, I mean, just like a child, I will never forget the first time I saw Cinderella's castle. Like, I'll never forget it. I, I'll never forget thinking, like, this place is real. Like... This place that you grew up watching these movies and reading these fairy tales and daydreaming about a princess and her castle. And and then all of a sudden you're in a land that they have sucked you into and it it doesn't look like you're in America anymore. Like it does, <laughs> like it really sweeps you away and makes you think you're in another place and all of a sudden you're in that place that you've read books about and seen movies about like what so yeah it it was a seriously powerful moment for me when I got there and just to be like that little girl again and just remember like all the dreams and all the fantasies and all the stories and to see the castle and it was and I definitely cried I cried a lot even though I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Sayla's first trip. Sayla's first trip. <laughs> and it was amazing. I mean, it was overwhelming, but that's because I get easily overstimulated. And that's a hard place to go to. <laughs> when people are just like whipping you around and running around frantically to get on rides. And yeah. there is a whole like dark side to Disney of just like parents that are just yelling at their kids and pulling them through lines and kids that are crying standing in lines and yeah. hating they, everything and dropping Mickey ice cream bars and they like missed the new point. And they missed the point. Like, you have to be slow to enjoy Disney. And most people try to do it fast. Just to give an example, when you're first coming into the park, you have it set up so that when you leave the parking area, you can see the castle. But as you approach the Magic Kingdom across the lagoon, it disappears. And when you come to it, it's set up in a way that the train station is completely blocking it. So you can't Mm. see anything. And then as you walk through the entrance and you're walking through the tunnels underneath the train station, Mm -hmm. you have the posters that are like coming attraction signs. And then you step out from the train station and you see this perfectly framed (laughs) castle at the end of Main Street. And the way they use forced perspective, the buildings actually get smaller as they get toward the castle to make it look like it's far in the distance Mm -hmm. so you see this far away magical castle that you can actually go to and walk up to yeah and that's and i think that's the thing that i started to see was it's really cool that most people think of people who love the imagination and love creativity as these people whose heads are just in the clouds Mm. but that's not really what it is because it took crazy skill to construct those buildings and make that happen like the forethought the magic kingdom was one of the first places in the country to actually use in the ground power so you didn't have power lines going Mm. through the airs like they were so forward thinking in yeah so much of what they did and they created things crazy fact like the magic kingdom recycled since the first day it was open Mm. and tried to use uh, that recycling as renewable energy even to this day I'll give you a hint. They put out recycle bins, but it all goes to the same place. Because they separate all the trash into renewable energy. Mm-hmm. And they recycle all the trash. Even the trash that you throw in the regular trash will be separated if it can be recycled. And it whizzes at about 60 miles per hour underneath you underground to a centralized location. And... um in a, in a strange coincidence, mm-hmm. I actually got to meet one of the people who put in the generators um, and using renewable energy sources and using recycling materials like that for energy. Um, I think they're like, I think he said there are six in the country and Disney has three of them. But that was in 2014 when he told me that. And that gets in a crazy story because that was Bob Jones' nephew mm. who told me that who happened to work on them. Mm. crazy so Disney to me wasn't just about imagination but it was this mixture of spirit of excellence Mm -hmm. so every time I read the Bible I'm like oh this is it yeah like to me I'm like this is this is what my faith worked out is supposed to look like yeah it's supposed to 
pull whatever's in the unseen realm into the physical realm and not just do it, but do it well. It's big. It's big. So I needed an outlet for some of my ideas because I ended up working for Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, and we lived down there for a season. And I had no job. And my dad jokingly said, well, why don't you just apply to be a monorail driver? So I did as a joke and <laughs> I got the job. <laughs> so I was a monorail pilot. I don't think you did it as a joke. We literally needed money. We did, but I didn't think I would. funny. I don't think I, I mean, I didn't think I'd go work for Disney. Gotcha. Because that wasn't my, that was in my wheelhouse. Yeah. And that. I mean, it, that didn't begin our moments with God and Disney because obviously Scott had been having them his whole life and then we had gone there uh, a little, like a couple summers before we actually moved there. Or I guess just one summer before we moved there. I don't know. We've been there a couple times before we moved there. to get As a married couple, we had been there. Um, so that didn't necessarily begin adventures of seeing God in, in Disney and through Disney but I feel like the the season we were at in our life um, it kind of just ec- not escalated what's the word I'm looking for it amplified, amplified? <laughs> yeah it amplified <laughs> the spirit of the Lord and like what how much truth there was happening in Disney yeah. and the favor of God was on us like so strong every time we were there, which there's lots of stories about that that I'm sure we'll get into eventually, but like the main street character prophesying over us. We just, <laughs> yes, we just went into a season of finding God in Neverland In Neverland. And I was having all these ideas and I th- I think a lot. I am an INFJ. I think a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no outlet. <laughs> and I have to have an outlet or bad and he things He tries happen. to use me as his outlet. And I'm like, Ugh. I'm like those robots that, what's it called? When they short circuit sure. or something. <laughs> like when there's like steam coming out and their heads are spinning. That's I like how that you I acted am. that out <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes when Scott is sharing his thoughts or ideas with me. I'm just like, whoa, I'm on information overload. So and he's and it's like seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, you did not have all those thoughts already. <laughs> And I think, like, what I have been learning, I started to try to write it out in a blog called Finding God in Neverland. Because mm-hmm. um, you encouraged me to do it. Mm-hmm. And said, you should just start writing them out. You, I remember you saying, whether anybody reads it or not, just write it down. Yeah. So I wrote it down, and I actually had people following me. <laughs> and I was shocked. People interested in me writing new stuff that I had never met. Not ironically... My friends and family did not read my blog. <laughs> Until later. I think they eventually Until later. read Until it. Later. Just not while you were writing it. Um, <coughs> then 
so I was just writing them to get them out, and I would actually go to Disney and write out the blog. Mm -hmm. So if you go back, they're still there. You can read the kind of things that I was writing down. And the, the most of the stuff I wrote, I wrote while I was at the parks. The place I used to go to is no longer there. Mm -hmm. The writers stop in Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah. It's not going to be Star Wars land. But you used to go somewhere else in Epcot, right? Japan. On top. Oh, yeah. Like I used on to the... go to Japan, the noodle shop. And, um, yeah, Magic Kingdom I had places I would go to. I would go sit by the castle in Tomorrowland. Um, yeah, so I would just, like, write and think because I was having all these ideas about creativity but I don't think I really understood them until we moved away from Disney mm. and we were at Morningstar. And I can remember I ended up working as an IT specialist for Morningstar Ministries in Fort Mill, South Carolina. And one night I was called over to go do some stuff. And it was like one in the morning. Something was going on. I can't remember what. Something with phones, I think. So I had to go over and try to look at it and fix it. And we, li <laughs> we live like a 15-minute walk. <laughs> but I would never walk. <laughs> it's too far. <laughs> so I got in the car and I, I was headed over. It was not 15 minutes. It was like five. To walk around that train? Yeah. It took me like 15 minutes. It takes you five <laughs> minutes to walk everywhere. It takes you five minutes to walk from Bay Ridge to Fort Greene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So <laughs> I Definitely got <laughs> I got in the car and um as I was driving I always have the Christian radio station on and this really amazing song came on that I had never heard and it rocked me and I was like so angry and upset and so tired but the song that was talking about unconditional love like this perfect description of unconditional love and the Holy Spirit's presence filled the car and it was just rocking me. And and then the radio said, and that's the new single from Katy Perry. <laughs> unconditional. And I remember I was so offended. <laughs> I was so, that, that made me so angry all over again. <laughs> um, one, I'm not the kind of person to listen to Katy Perry. <laughs> And I'm definitely not the kind of person to have this religious moment while listening to Katy Perry. But, and I was, I was so mad. You are definitely that kind of person, so that makes no sense to me. <sighs> and That's exactly the kind of person you are. To get offended at Katy Perry? No, uh, to have a moment like that. That's, well, that's the whole reason true. Finding God in Neverland came about. Because oh, you got me. we got married, and I'm like... God is not in Disney. God is in everything. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. God is not in oh, Disney. Like, it's true. I was just but like, I, it's Katy Perry. Super in my religion. And like, I mean, Disney doesn't mention Jesus. Disney doesn't talk scripture. Disney doesn't, you know, yeah. Disney's not Christian. So therefore, God is not in Disney. Yeah. And I was oh so wrong. So wrong. So I was listening to Katy Perry crying in the car because how powerful those words were so mad so then the the lord said do you want to know why you're mad and i always want to say no but i say yes <coughs> so i said yes probably in that tone yes yes 
and he started to talk to me about creativity. And he said, if you study creativity in scripture, um, especially in the Old Testament and the Hebrew, creativity is a word of knowledge. It's, it's knowing something that already exists. So you're encountering with something unseen, and that's where it gets into Hebrews 11. But he talked to me about it and said, creativity is like this. You have a boundary between us and the spiritual realm where God's presence is. And when somebody creates something, the thing created is like a spile for tapping maple syrup. And the act of creating it is like driving it mm. into the tree. It's driving it into the barrier between us and the unseen realm. And so that when you take something that is created and you're helping to create it so that it's manifest here, it releases God's presence whenever anybody passes that act of creation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And then after that, I started to read through Hebrews and found Hebrews 11 talking about faith is the substance of things hoped for and not seen. Mm-hmm. And then later it says um, that everything that is was created that way. Mm-hmm. Everything that is. And the real thing that, that rocked my mind is the Holy Spirit said to me, and this is how God created. And I was like, I can't even get that. Like, what do you mean? And this is how God created. And he started to talk to me that even God created by faith, by faith in himself. Mm. And that he's so sure of himself. And I said, I don't understand what that that's like. And I remember him saying, um, the Lord being like, you need to understand how confident I am in myself. Mm. And him saying, it's like this. If you were out doing errands... And you thought to yourself, when I get home, I'm going to make a sandwich. And you were so sure that you would make that sandwich that when you got home in the fridge, it would already be there. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's how much confidence I have in myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And then... Oh it, my gosh. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> and then it started to make sense to me. This whole concept of creating and why creating is so important. You know, and he even said to me, talking about this act of creation and releasing his presence on the earth through acts of creating. And he he explained creating is not like, hey, I'm good at art. Let me do art. Mm-hmm. That's not that's that's a very limited concept of what creating is. And it might not even actually be creating on the level that God was talking to me about because the Lord said that we were commanded to go and reproduce. So we have a natural ability about how we're created to replicate something. But to create originally takes pursuing God's presence. There's something about pursuing him in relationship. um, And it's because of him, only he has the power to create out of nothing, in a sense. So in partnering with him... We create things seen as original. Whereas the only other kind of creating we can only do is by replicating. We see somebody else do something and we modify it or tweak it, but it's still 
just the next stage of whatever an idea was that already existed. And he told me, like, even when, and he said a housewife, so please don't get mad at me if you're a house husband or, you know, you're a wife that works outside the home. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> but the Lord said to me. We don't know where you're going, so. The Lord, well, the Lord said to me. <laughs> we can't be mad yet. It's like, it's like a housewife being home, and when she walks into her closet, she suddenly understands a better way that it could be organized, and she creates a new system of organization. And he said, when she essentially comes into agreement with me and recreates that closet, she's creating a, a place that's going to release my presence. Yeah. And that's how she essentially creates the atmosphere of heaven in the home. Yeah. That's why it's okay <laughs> to get so serious about your decorating. <laughs> As I look at this gigantic paper star from Ikea, it's very pretty. I was not a believer in the star when we bought them, but I am now. Mm. They're very pretty. Mm-hmm. So. You just said so much. I did say I so much. That we can't. I can't, but that's why it's finding God in everyone. Say anymore. It's this concept of why it's so why the imagination and let's just touch at the beginning I know of why the why imagination like, is so important we need to let all that okay sit. okay we'll talk more in the next because that episode. was just a lot wait you I'm not going just, anywhere you can't just say goodbye that was good though Mostly I'm saying you just said so much for myself because I, <laughs> I'm i in a state right now where I don't think I can talk because <laughs> I'm just like, even though I've heard you say those things every day for the past 10 years, I'm still like, what, yeah. what, like, how do you not get like, what to yourself or do you, have you I actually do. been saying these things since before you met me? I, I do. I, I'm i still like, that's how I know it's not me and that's the Lord. I'm right. like, there's no way. There's no way. <laughs> I, I can't. would not say that. I don't know. It's so I just, good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> uh, so so I mean, go be creative. Go be creative. Tap start in. praying, yeah. start creating, yeah, start tapping, start creating start these breaches into the spiritual realm where God's presence can be released. Yeah. Like, what can you do right now? And if you hit that place where you feel like, why am I so filled with joy by this? Like, why am Ugh. I so, why is my spirit so at rest? Why am I getting filled from this action or this activity. Yeah. Like, for example, yesterday morning, I think it was yesterday morning, I was reading my Bible and praying and like doing my normal journaling thing in the morning. And then I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to mop my floor right now. And so I just got up and did it. And I was so happy cleaning my floor, but also the Lord was revealing 
so much to me while I was doing it. And I feel like in that tapping, things were being released, like <coughs> a clean home, a clean floor, yes, and that was lovely. But also the things because I just followed that place. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Fun gets more done. Fun gets it done. I don't know why we run away from that. I don't know. We're always running away from fun. That's so silly. That's a whole nother podcast. So can we pray for people and just pray for and let's pray for an activation right. of creativity and imagination. All right. So Lord, we release that. We pray for anybody who's listening. Yeah. That they would just be f- overcome by your presence right now yeah. and overcome by just wonderful thoughts. Any happy little thought. The happiest thoughts. It's the same as having wings. Yes. <laughs> that they would just feel lighter. And yeah. that they would feel more free. Yeah. And uh, that they would start to interact with you. And that even now they would start to experiment with how to create those breaches in the heavenly realms. Yeah. To create those thin places, Lord. To mm. create those places where heaven touches earth and your kingdom is a reality. Yeah. We just pray for it to fill them now and to just start erupting in their days in the name of Jesus. And I pray... Um, that you would show people where to tap mm-hmm. and you would show them their tools, their, what is it called? Their spiles. Yeah. You their would show people their spiles, like yeah. what, what That's is the thing. tool? What is their thing that they need to pick up and tap into and tap with and use in order to get to that place in your spirit? That's always been there. It's not a new place. You created them with it, and you created it before the foundations of the earth, and them yeah. with that place before the foundations of the earth. So yeah. I just pray for whoever's listening right now that you would restore that place of creativity, restore that place where we tap into those breaches and unleash those things of God, those things of heaven in the atmosphere in and around them. In Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, we love you, people. You people listening. Goodbye from La La Land. <laughs>